So just like focusing on markets instead of focusing on the product, that was, that was a big lesson for me. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hello, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 97 the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where we talk about one thing and one thing only, and that's how to be awesome at uh, at life, really, and uh, in the context of email marketing. Whether you want to write these emails yourself or you want to grow your business with email marketing, sales funnels and all of that stuff, this is the place to come. It's the place to learn about that. And uh, as I've said recently, this is fundamentals, right? So you can take everything you're learning here and apply it in so many other ways, in so many other traditions, whether you're doing stuff on radio, uh, sales pages, billboards, all of that. These fundamentals, the things here, are marketing fundamentals. So I like to come back to that. I'm very big on simplicity, which is, is to say that I think uh, you know being good at life, excelling and success comes back to a can really be simplified to a couple of very uh, small you know a very short list of things, which is the, you know these fundamentals whether it's sales or health or any of these different things, and I find you know thinking that way makes it really easy to figure out what to do because it's just like well there's only like a couple of things here like have empathy, talk to your customers regularly and make offers. That's it. That's really what we're talking about here. Talk to your customers regularly with that email autoresponder and make offers regularly. Make an offer, tell them, hey, look, give me a call and uh, for $100, we'll do XYZ for you. That's an offer. Just make offers regularly. This is, that's it. That's just business right there. That's your whole sales funnel. Now, we're just getting more complex by saying, well, you want to have 10 emails in the sequence here and you want to have some special advanced autoresponder software here. <laughs> like, forget about all that for a second. Talk to your customers. Talk to your prospects. Talk to the marketplace regularly and make them offers. That's it. Anyway, today I'll be talking to Derek Pankow. Okay, now Derek is a friend of mine. He lives here in Chiang Mai right now. So he's taking off soon, off to uh, go on a bit of gallivanting around Southeast Asia, as we all like to do. And uh, anyways, he's here. Now, a year ago, I bumped into Derek. met him about a year ago. And he was making a couple grand a month uh, doing some freelance copywriting. He actually had a, an information product in the, I think it was in the dating market. Okay, and then fast forward one year to now, and uh, he's got a nice little business running on Facebook doing one to two thousand, I think he's doing one to two grand a day right now. And uh, this is when, that was when I recorded the interview, but you know, now it's been a, about a month, and uh, I spoke to him recently, and it's even you know, gone quite a bit higher than that. So he is, he's, he's doing quite well for himself right now, good old Facebook. And today we're going to talk about that journey. Now, it's not just about the Facebook thing he's doing, though you will hear about that. What I really wanted to get, well, part of what I wanted to get Derek on to talk about was just the how to level up consistently. Because what Derek's done is gone from sort of being being like he was a freelance copywriter originally doing stuff in the Warrior Forum of all places. Then he ended up with this dating uh, this product inf- information product in the dating market, and now he's got this uh, decent business running on Facebook, which you'll hear about in a second. So, and what I really like about Derek is that he keeps taking what he has and using it to get to the next big opportunity, using that to get to the next big opportunity. He's really, really good at doing that. And so we're going to talk about that, how to level up consistently, what the Facebook stuff is, and also some of the freelance copywriting stuff because he had a really nice way of finding uh, finding clients, finding freelance copywriting clients. And I know that uh, there's a decent amount of people who listen to this. Maybe it's you who 
want more clients. So anytime you can find out about how to get more clients, well, this is going to be one of them. So to get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 97. Now this week's McMaster's Inside of the Week, very simple, how to write emails fast. I've got someone working for me right now and he, uh, he emailed me about a week ago. He'd just done some work for me and uh, he wanted to know how do you write emails quickly because the, the emails that he'd written had taken him quite a while and it was a bit exhausting and things like that. I said, well, get on the phone. We had a chat about it and um, it was really simple. I think it's simple, but it, part of it is, is it just, it's just going to come with time. The more you write emails, the more you practice it, the faster you're going to get. However, you might want to get fast like today or even yesterday, Okay. Now, here's a couple things you can do. Set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes and just blast out the email as fast as possible, okay? Don't, like, if you can't, if you can't think of anything to write, just start writing. Just say, yo, so, I'm meant to be writing this email here in this text editor, but I can't think of anything to write at all, so I'm just going to write about nothing until I think about something to write. You know what's interesting about nothing? Well, nothing, because there's nothing there. Like, you can just... I would call this talking shit, okay? It doesn't mean anything. But what it's going to do, it's going to unplug that, you know, blo- that hole in your brain where all the writing and creativity comes out. If you can't write, force yourself to write nothing. By nothing, write about nothing and throw out cool nothing. I don't know, whatever. You get the point. And another thing is stream of consciousness. You want to like, don't sit down and try and be really calculated about what you're writing. Like what I'm doing right now with this podcast and with this talking this is just stream of consciousness. I'm not thinking about what I'm saying here. It's just blasting out, right? It's just, and hopefully it's not too uh, too crazy or anything. But the idea is that you want to do this with your writing. You don't want to sit there thinking about it and, and think, oh man, what's the best way to express that word? Hmm, maybe I use a better word. Like that stuff you should do after you've written the email. Before you've written anything, you want to blast out that email as fast as freaking possible, which means setting that timer and just don't even pause. Don't take a breath. Just go, just, you know, maybe go and learn how to t- touch type if you need to. Okay, that's really going to help. And, and if you commit it in that way and committed to doing it fast, you will get fast. And you can do this stuff in 10 or 15 minutes once you get good at it. And like the simplistics, the simplify thing I mentioned a couple minutes ago, you want to simplify this. So I think about emails as first thing, get their attention. Okay, because if you don't have someone's attention, well, they're not going to listen to you. You know, they're not looking at you. They're looking at, the, you know, the Facebook screen. Step two, say something interesting. Right, you get the, you know, you've got to tell them a story, say something funny, whatever. Say something interesting. It's like you're at the bar with a friend. You're like, man, you're never gonna believe what happened the other day. Got their attention. Now you tell the story, and that's where you get them interested. And then eventually, like, you know, you seg into some sort of problem of theirs, and then you just rub salt in the wound. So it's like you don't know how to write emails, right? <laughs> and you're like, and then you start rubbing salt in the wound, right? You're like, well, you know, you don't know how that. That just kind of sucks because it means that you you can't. You can't make money. You know, you can't control your cash flow in life. You can't make more sales for your business. Maybe one day you're even going to get bankrupt because you never took the time to polish your skills of writing emails to get customers for yourself and for your clients. <laughs> I'm rubbing salt on it, but this is where the solution comes in. If you want to, you know, if you want to learn how to write emails, you need to buy my amazing product here for ten million dollars. Okay, so get their attention, get them interested, come up with a problem, agitate the crap out of it, and then uh, rub salt in the wound basically, and then present them with the solution. That's an email right there. And you just blast it out, blast it out, blast it out. Okay? That's it for now. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Derek Pancow. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Derek Pancow. Now, Derek came to me, uh, I think it was this week, actually, with a really interesting story. Now, I've got to rewind. 
just so you understand the context for this, so I met Derek about a year ago when he first came to Chiang Mai. I think it was, I think it was roughly about a year ago. And Derek told me that uh, you know he was a copywriter, he'd be doing some freelance stuff, so sort of similar position to me. And then he ended up in Chiang Mai. And I remember he, he'd stopped doing the freelance stuff because he, he was focusing on an information product. And at that stage, he was making about, I think it was about $1,000 a month. There was a couple partners in there, but it was, uh, you know, it was doing okay. It wasn't amazing, but it was better than, say, slogging it out in a corporate job back home. Uh, and then I asked him at the time, I said, how about, do you want to do a podcast sometime? We can talk about some of the marketing you're doing, the copywriting you're doing for this information product. And we can just you know, make a podcast out of it. I'm always looking for new content. And he's like, no, I don't really feel comfortable right now. It's, it's not, you know, he, he just wasn't interested at that stage. And then what do you know, one year later, I bumped into him uh, a couple of different times at conferences and he's been around Chiang Mai as well. And I mean, this is uh, just, to, just to wrap real quick on Chiang Mai. There is tons of people here doing this kind of stuff. So this isn't some far-flung place of the world though it might sound like it. There's internet people, there's e-commerce guys, there's sales funnel and there's just everything. So anyway, Derek comes to me like a week ago and says, hey, are you still doing the podcast? I'm, uh, I'm having getting some really good results and I'd love to get on there. I've started doing some marketing and uh, on Facebook ads and I'm doing, now I'm doing one to 2K profit per day. So now, so one year later, he's doing more than double what he was doing a month before, but now he's doing it every single day which uh, is pretty damn impressive. So I was like, yeah, hell, hell yeah, let's do this. Let's make a podcast out of it. So we just had a chat about what we're going to talk about and we're going to run through the journey, the transition stages, a bit, bit, bit about how to get clients and also long-term thinking. So there's this, this I think this episode is going to be pretty packed with, uh, with goodies. This is quite a long intro. Derek, how you going, man? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good to have you on the show, man. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're about, so we're both in Chiang Mai right now. And Chiang Mai, for those of you, you know, if you don't know, is uh, about an hour north of Bangkok in Thailand. And it, it's it's in the mountains, it's in, in the north. And the people up here are a little bit different to people down in Bangkok. The, 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 the language is a little bit softer. There's even a northern Thai language up here. But it's civilized. There's coffee shops and bars and restaurants and offices and all that sort of stuff. But actually, Derek's about five, I think it's about five minutes, 10 minutes away on a motorbike at uh, one coffee shop. And I'm down in the you know in an office in another area and uh, so it's a small town and he's basically on the other side of town and it's only 10 minutes away so it's a small town but there's lots of stuff here anyway so so Derek so I, I know we've, we had a chat then about sort of what you've been up to what you're doing right now um, but I think the broad strokes is right there you, you know when we met a year ago you were doing a thousand dollars a month and now you're doing one to two k one to two one to two thousand uh, dollars per per day which is really impressive but so what I'd like to do uh, is rewind back to because I know you're doing copywriting. Tell me before you even got into freelance copywriting, what what were you a corporate guy? Were you working for a company? Did you have an office job? No, I think uh, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship. So kind of dropped out of high school, dropped out of college, um, tried to start my own businesses, which didn't really take off. You know, I, I I tried something when I was 18, some like random ebook or something that didn't really work out. And and I I ended up working for a few different internet marketing and dating companies from 18 to, I don't know, 21, 22 or so, and then managed to, and that's kind of when the, the freelance writing started taking off. Okay, okay. So it's kind of interesting because I think there's a lot of people out there in the world who, who there's this shift going, this sort of rippling across the West right now where, where people have you know, bought into the idea we've got to have you know, university degrees and office jobs to really make a career out of ourselves. And, and in some ways, that's a valid path. But in other ways, it's, you know, it's really not. There's actually, you know, if you've got a bit of hustle in you and you're willing to kind of try some new stuff and get to know people and really just hustle and grit and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of opportunity out there for someone to make something of themselves. So it sounds like that's exactly what you've been doing. So tell me about like you, were, you got into the client stuff. You were you're working for some of these dating companies. So you probably got a taste of what marketing and copywriting was like. And then at some point you decided you were going to, 
to quit, basically to up and leave and go, well, I'm going to do this on my own. And now I don't have, so I don't have to have a job, so I don't have to have a boss, so I can kind of be my own man. So what happened then? And there was probably a, a bit of a transition period. And then you, you said you, you actually had a pretty cool, pretty simple process for how to get clients. Yeah. So I, I was doing both freelance copywriting and freelance content writing. For me, the, the copywriting always, I, I never figured out a way to make that consistent. You know, I'd meet someone in person and we'd talk about copy and sometimes I'd get a gig for one or $2,000, but I never managed to get that stream of inco- income consistent. What did work for me was content writing where I was eventually, I was able to get to a point where it was able to consistently generate between 30 and $60 an hour. And it was pretty easy for me to scale it up and down whenever I needed. So if I was in a cheap country, I could just scale it down to where I'm working one day a week or uh, an hour a day. In an expensive country, I could scale it up whenever I wanted to. And yeah, essentially uh, managed to just build a really simple to run sales funnel for my own writing services. Right, right. Okay. So it sounds like it's pretty cool. I, I think, you know, there's a cool thing there because there's people out there, like I said, that, 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 that try to make that break. And I don't really, I don't often go down this route on this podcast, but, but there's that issue of, I mentioned the hero's journey, which is where there's a lot of people who aren't happy. You want to make that change. And uh, they, have, they don't know anyone who's done it. They don't really know how to do it. Uh, so I think there's so much value in hearing a story from, from someone like yourself about sort of, you know, sort of how that happened. So tell me, tell me a bit more about like the warrior forum stuff. Because I know you said that you had this, this, how to get clients consistently. I know you said you can get it, but how did you do it? Yeah, so I, for those, for the, the, the listeners who don't know what the Warrior Firm is, it's basically an online forum where a lot of internet marketers hang out. So everyone from copywriters to website owners to people doing SEO to just kind of like, it's like a giant gathering place for people in the internet marketing community. So I decided to offer writing services. Um, I tried, you know, using my own social network. I tried using Elance Odesk, which really just uh, like, the amount of money you can earn on those sites is just really low. And then I was on the Warrior Forum, and as I was looking through these threads, most people are trying to compete based on price. So uh, the the median price per article was about seven dollars, uh, and most people are just trying to bid lower and lower. And reading through the samples, reading through through the through you know through the different threads, I just I just wouldn't hire any of these guys personally. Like you know, I'd worked for a few companies at this point, and I knew that nobody that I'd ever worked with would hire these guys. It's just it just felt so cheap. Um, so I decided, you know, I'm going to position myself as the upper end of the market. Instead of charging $7 a piece, uh, I started off just charging $15, $16 a piece. And then I I booked myself out really quickly. And then, you know, I just basically upped the price until clients didn't want to pay me anymore. So yeah, my position, my headline was the most expensive writer on the, on the warrior forum. And then the whole sales letter was just social proof of, uh, proof that I could, uh, that I could get them ranked. So I had screenshots of articles that I ranked before I had names of people that they'd recognize or companies or, or the people that or, or people I've written for who've worked with companies that they recognize. So I wrote for a real estate agent who worked with Remax. So I just, I kind of worked that in there. Someone else who'd worked with Tony Robbins. So just kind of, uh, use as much social proof as possible. Yeah. And then just, I just positioned myself in a different way from the whole market. And I think that was actually what actually fulfilled a need that a lot of the people on the warrior firm were looking for, but just couldn't find anywhere among the other writers. Mm. So I think I was, I was one of, when I, when I first started doing this, I think I was the only person positioning myself this way. And by the time I finished, I think there were maybe two or three other people, but yeah, I was, I was literally charging four or five times what the market was charging and completely booking myself out whenever I needed more work. So yeah. 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 I think the interesting thing there is not because it'd be really, I think it'd be quite difficult for someone to listen to this and then go straight back to the warrior from and do the same strategy. But I think the, the really cool takeaway from that is that you don't have to compete on price. 
and uh, not even that. It's kind of there's. I love this idea of like <laughs> the headlines, like the most expensive copywriter on the Warrior Forum, because some people, are gonna, everyone's going to look at that and be like, "What the hell? Who even says that?" And you got their attention, and then they're going to go down. And they're going to think, well, "Why is he the most expensive guy?" So I think one of the lessons here is that people. I think it's just that when you get into some of these games, like it's like, oh, I can't charge too much. You know, I, everyone else is doing this, so I've got to do it that way. And you really don't. You can do it anyway. I mean, you can charge people. You know, you can charge way more. You can charge a little bit more. You can diversify, like, or position in a different way. So this is the whole thing with positioning. I remember, um, it was like middle of last year or so. Well, maybe the start of last year was when I decided to go down this autoresponder guy, and because uh, I thought there's all these copywriters out there. And they're all pretty standard. They're not really, they're just copywriters. And so if you want to hire a copywriter, well, you hire a copywriter. And generally, it's not like this, but generally, like, there's this issue where copywriter is a copywriter. It's not like that, but that, that's sort of what it can start to feel like. And I was like, what I want to do is I want to find a way to get people so they think, when, when, I, want to, when I need some emails, who's the guy I think of? And so I was like, well, I want to be the autoresponder guy. So then that meant that if, if someone just was, let's say, I'm looking for a copywriter to write a sales letter, it means I don't get recommended. But if someone says, hey, I need an email autoresponder, uh, do you know anyone? There might be five copywriters out there that they know that can write emails, but there's only one autoresponder guy. So that person's going to go, oh, yeah, I know this guy's name's John. He, he specializes in emails, even though I'm the exact same thing as the other copywriters. By calling myself something different, by positioning myself as different, it creates, a, it, it changes the frame. And... It's such a valuable lesson. It, it it really changes everything as it did for you and as it did for me. Totally. So, so all right. So, so, all right. So, we did that. So, that's how you got the clients. That's how we did that. And, uh, I mean, one thing that you could, one thing is probably worth taking away too is like if, if someone wanted to go and get clients like that, there's probably the opportunity to go into the Warrior Forum and even other forums. And I know I've, uh, I've been quite a, you know, in the past I used to post a lot in the DC, uh, which is, I think, a community web thing. And I ended up getting a lot of clients out of that just by posting in the forum and making it known that this is what I did. So there are, there are quite a few ways to, it's kind of like you put yourself out, you, you kind of figure out a way to position yourself and then you really just got to put yourself out there. And uh, it, it is quite an easy way to consistently get clients. So moving on, so you, did the, you did the client stuff, you were doing that and then you decided to get into the info products. You was just, so you had an info product in the dating space, it was doing about $1,000 a month. And then what's changed now is you started doing some marketing on Facebook and now you're doing one to $2,000 a day. Now, one thing I want to point out here before we kind of dive in is that some of this is, uh, is going to be, it, it, it's big numbers, but some of it's quite short term. It, it's a bit of a grind, like we'll talk about this in a minute, but it can be a grind and it can be a little bit short term. So one thing that's worth focusing on for the listener is, uh, is the long term, how to, tra- like how to you know, short term thinking and long term thinking and how it's okay to go and milk something for all it's worth in the short term, but it's also wise to have a long term plan, to have a, not so much a backup plan, but to f- have a strategy where that the short term play fits into the grand strategy. So, and I think that's what you're doing beautifully here. So tell me about where are you at right now? What are you doing? And uh, what's the game plan? Yes. Yeah, so right now I'm selling mostly t-shirts uh, through Teespring and through Facebook advertising. Uh, basically, the, w- the way it works is I look for um, small markets that tend to be underserved and create interesting-looking uh, T-shirts that might be funny or sassy or just kind of epic, and then have those shirts displayed directly in their newsfeed and um, get a, a really high percentage, like between four to ten percent of the people who, who see the ad will click on it, and then between eight and thirteen percent of the people who see the shirt who land on the landing page will end up buying. So, uh, just creating very, very targeted t-shirts uh and then getting them in front of the right people using facebook ads nice 
Nice. I love it. So one thing, because we've, you know, I've met a few people doing this and there's some big numbers going through, but tell me, like, is it a grind? Is it something, is like, number one, is it easy? Because I know that someone's going to listen to this and think, wow, that sounds really easy. I'm going to go and do it. So tell me, is it easy? How much time are you putting into this? I think it's not easy. Like, it's actually, to do this business model is... Uh, requires so many different skill sets. I think it's really like if you if you've been in internet marketing for a little while, it's a great way to make some really quick money. But if you if you if it's if you're just getting started, I think it's actually a terrible business model to get into because you really got to understand pay traffic, you got to understand analytics, you got to understand Photoshop and design, uh, you got to understand like all these different things and be able to put them together. Mm. And yeah, even and even even with those skill sets, I'm currently working at least twelve hours a day. I mean, yesterday I got in the office at eight a.m. I left at midnight, and I mean, I'm I'm okay doing this because I'm I'm only going to be doing it for two or three months. Mm. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a lot of work, uh, and it's and like because you don't stop running your campaigns on the weekends. So even on the weekends, I mean, I'm not launching any new shirts, but I'm still I've still I've still got to check because I'm spending between seven hundred to eighteen hundred dollars a day on Facebook right now. And if I'm spending eighteen hundred dollars a day on Facebook, I'm not going to not check it. Mm. It just that would just be stupid. So yeah, even on Saturday, Sunday, I've still got to spend you know a couple hours just looking over the data. Am I leaking money anywhere? Did anything stop making money that was making money before? Like I just I have to keep my finger on it. So it's mm. it is kind of uh, it's it's a somewhat stressful business to be in, definitely. Mm. And I think there's a there's an interesting side. Of it. I actually tried I actually tried this. I had a friend, uh, another guy who was doing similar numbers to you. This was uh, maybe three or four months ago, I think six months ago. And uh, I've tried for a long time to shut down that sort of opportunistic like chase chase the you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But he told me about it. I was like, man, I'm going to go try that. And I remember I spent about two hours one afternoon and set up 10 campaigns and was like, this sucks. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I, I still, I tried, but I didn't, I didn't have the, I guess, the persistence. to. I, I, there's no way I could have done, done it for 10, 12, 14 hours a day. I, I got bored so fast, which is, is sort of like, that's the interesting thing about this situation that you're in. And we'll get onto the long-term stuff in a second, because there's, there's been a lot of smart people in my life that have, have told, you know, said, don't go chasing the short-term stuff. You know, if you mention like a Teespring idea to a seasoned business person, a lot of them are going to say, don't, like it's a waste of time. It's, it's so short-term. Mm-hmm. That's before you try it. If you get to the point where you're making say 50 grand a month, it's going to be a different story. Mm-hmm. But there's that there's sort of this aversion in the business world to short-term stuff. You know, once, you, once you've progressed from beginner to intermediate or intermediate to advanced, if, you, if, if we chase the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I feel like there's a bit of a, uh, I feel like there's a bit of like a, a guilt that we put on each other for, for chasing these things. But then there's an argument to be had, and I think this is where, where you come from. There's the argument to, to say that if you can find something like that and make it work, it can very much uh, cash flow or bankroll uh, a bigger strategy. So it sounds like that's what you're doing. So tell me about the long-term play here. That that obviously you've got the short term. You're grinding it out for 12, 14 hours a day, and, and you don't really get a day off because so much money is going out the door. But there's big money in it. There's a lot of profit, and there's a way, as you've told me, is is to how you're making this into something that's that's going to be a lot bigger than just t-shirts. So tell me about that. Sure. Yeah. So what I really love about doing the Facebook ads is that it gives me a lot of data. So we're launching about eight to ten t-shirts a day right now. So that's about. 40 to 50 shirts a week, 200 shirts a month, something like that. Mm. And across all those shirts, I'm bidding on a number of different targets in Facebook advertising. So I get to see exactly what markets are converting. And not only, not only what markets are converting, I can see uh, which markets share the most, which markets are the most viral, and which types of people within those markets 
tend to buy and tend to share. So is it women? Is it men? Is what age groups? What type of things are they interested in? So if I'm targeting someone who's interested in golf, is it the type of person who watches golf on TV? Is it the type of person who buys high-end golf clubs? Uh, is it the person who's reading golf magazines, right? So I can see what kind of person is helping make things go viral and what kind of person actually buys things. And then out of the 200 markets that I'm doing per month, I might pick just three to five that I decide to develop more, further. And I'll, ha I'll use those markets to build, build up fan pages, build up email lists, and market for now more t-shirts. But in the, in the not too distant future, I'll definitely be marketing other products, training courses, uh, info products, and eventually launching my own physical products. I think uh, my ultimate end game with all of this is to build up really big fan pages, really big email lists, and using those to launch products on Amazon. Because I think that, that's, you know, that's where huge money, long-term money, passive money, that's where, where that can really happen. And I think having a strong user base to help get you know, 100 reviews right out the door, drive a bunch of sales, that's that's kind of so so I guess my 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 end game or my long term plan is to is to build up different markets, different Facebook pages and email lists, and then start launching my own products, especially Amazon products. I like it. One thing I one thing I think is cool here is that this highlight underscore is sort of maybe like a key tenet of business or just sort of how the game goes, which is where you business is really taking. There's a funny there's a French guy who said it, but basically taking resources from a lower area of yield to a higher. So that's like going from like Teespring, which is a decent area of yield, because it's short term, you're gonna burn out. The lifetime value on a Teespring customer, one t-shirt's worth, you know, probably ten bucks, and you got like eight bucks profit, for example. But if you can say take that, take the the, the resources generated within that arena, which is also generated from probably uh, copywriting and marketing skills, paid traffic skills that you built up before that, so it's kinda of like each stage. At one stage you're doing freelance. Well, at one stage you're going working from the dating companies themselves. They give you an idea of how to sort of be a copywriter. Take that resource or that asset that you've developed, which is both tangible and intangible in the sense that it's in the brain. Take that and become a freelance copywriter. Take those skills and then launch an information product. Take those skills and then launch a Teespring campaign. And take the skills that you've built up all the way to that point to launch the next thing. So there's this there's this evolutionary process. That I think is the one of the most inspiring parts of like stories like these, and it's not that that this is only relevant to beginners, because I don't think it is. I think the the metaphor here is sort of like to read between the lines and kind of see that that the game is is not to go from not to make a specific amount of money, but to really get to get really really good at taking resources from wherever they are now, resources and assets. Assets is probably the better way to take assets from one area and move them into a higher area. So as a freelance copywriter, you might or you might be able to make say two thousand dollars a month. Same skills with bigger clients, you might be able to make ten. Same skills with your own product and some paid traffic skills might be twenty or thirty. The same skills say obviously we say Teespring, and then you can turn that into what you're talking about, where someone buys a golf T-shirt. If they're buying a golf T-shirt, well they're probably a golf fan, and golf fans buy a huge amount of stuff. So you find these raving, you know, say raving hot markets, which are just just buying markets, right? Markets that love that love to get their credit cards out and buy stuff because there's a lot of them out there, uh, but sometimes they're hard to find. And sometimes what's what appears that it's going, you know, what appears like it's going to be one of those markets doesn't end up being like that. So what you're getting, I think, this is one of the most valuable parts of this Teespring stuff, is you get you're building a list of buyers. Mm -hmm. I think that's the coolest part. Yeah, totally. A list of buyers as well as a list of markets that convert. Mm. And I'm getting paid to build the to build this data as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty badass position to be in. Well, tell me, what are some of the lessons that you've been, maybe some of the lessons or some of the mistakes you've kind of uh, worked through on your way, you know, with the Teespring stuff and, and, and what you expect going forward? Hmm. A lot of the, so I've, I've learned a lot in terms of paid traffic and paid ads. Um, I don't know how much detail uh, you want me to go, to go into that. But definitely one lesson that I've learned uh, is 
is yeah, being really focused on markets. Because I used to be focused on the designs, the templates, the phrases on the shirts. And now I've just learned like uh, like a fantastic slogan and fantastic design to a market that doesn't buy, just doesn't do anything. And even like a so-so shirt that, that that's targeted towards a market that's hot will buy. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, really just focusing on the markets, which, which, changes, which really did change how I run my business because I used to just launch all my shirts from one fan page and now I build separate fan pages for everything I launch. That way if one does take off, uh, and people start, if I, if I run a, if I run a shirt on one page, they're going to like the page, even if there's nothing on it, except the shirt. Uh, and that already starts to give me a few hundred people on the fan page to whom I can bounce ideas off of or ask like, Hey, we're, we're thinking about launching the shirt or Hey, these are three designs that we're thinking of doing vote A, B or C. And we'll make the one that, uh, that we like the most, or Hey, what are, what are some of your favorite lines that you'd like to see on a shirt? The winner, uh, winner gets uh, a free shirt sent to them. So I get free ideas that way. So just like focusing on markets instead of focusing on the product, that was that was a big lesson for me. Mm. That's a key uh, one that, that comes up, and I've read that, and I think everyone kind of finds that at some point in the journey is that you realize somewhere along the line that the product—I mean, the product matters—but what matters more than anything is is do the people actually do they have a problem in the first place? And how, totally. how bad is that problem? Is you know, if they, it's not even just about problems. I mean, golf people—they don't so much have a problem as they have a passion, but they're just so passionate about it that it, it's more or less like a problem. You know, they have a sort of a pain until they buy stuff. And totally. It's like I reckon that right there. What you just said is like that—that's a key thing. That I mean, maybe maybe it's, it takes a certain amount of experience to get it, but the sooner the sooner someone can understand that, the faster they'll go. Like the the further they'll go, the more money they'll make. And I've you know just to give any one example from what I'm doing now is I've taken typically I'll, I've been selling you know autoresponders for say anywhere from you know one to three thousand dollars, but the same stuff applied in a different market because it's it, it, if it's an email, it's sort of commoditized. Someone's just buying a set of emails, copywriter writes them, you know it's not that big of a deal. But you can take the same the exactly the same thing. And a lot of these are small you know small businesses. Maybe they have a product that they're selling. Or maybe they're about to launch. And uh, on the other side of it though is you've got, say, a company that sells luxury bathrooms, for example, for $40,000 a pop. And they've got a $10,000 gross profit margin, right? So they've, And then they've got a list of 1,500 leads that asked for quotes but never got closed. And then we go, all right, well, why don't we send out an email campaign of just six emails out to that list? We convert, say, 1% out of the whole thing, which is 15, 15 leads, which is a pretty terrible conversion rate from a, from a fairly warm email list. You get 15 leads at 40 grand a pop, and you make six hundred thousand dollars for that company at ten grand gross each. You're making one hundred fifty thousand dollars gross profit to the bottom line of that business with six emails. So then the question is, how much is that email sequence worth? Because the funny thing is, if I'm talking to the CEO, or the director of a company like that, he doesn't want to spend. If I told him, I'll, you know, I'll charge you two grand for this, he's going to laugh at me and then tell me he's going to go and hire someone who actually knows what he's doing, because two grand's way too cheap for what it can actually do for him. So by changing, so what I can do, what would make a lot more sense, if he's, he's about to make, say, $150,000 gross profit, it would make more sense for me to charge him twenty or $30,000 for him to make the $600,000. That would be more in line with, with, you know, with the offer. And so the only thing that's changed there is it doesn't cost me any more to get those emails written, but it makes, because the, the market's changed from like a small business, a small online business, that, you know, for, of, say someone selling an ebook to a company that's selling 40000 every time they make a sale, they make $40,000. And so just by changing that one thing, that, that market with a different problem or a different situation, the money that they can, the money that, that, that's going to come in from that is absolutely, like utterly different. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, yeah, I've, ne- I've never even really heard of copywriting being discussed at the corporate level before. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been having a lot of these conversations lately because, yeah, I, I'm start, I've started to realize about a, a number of people on my back saying that I, char- <laughs> that I don't charge enough. And, uh, and so it's, it's, cl- it's clicking, to be honest. It's starting to click for me. And, uh, you know, in many ways, I've been having a lot of these kind of conversations. The only thing that matters, in, you know, it's when it comes to marketing consulting, to go to something, how to get client stuff, well, the only thing that matters is ROI. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're in a non-business market like golf, it's a little bit different. But when you're in the business market, you might sell, if you make someone a million bucks, then why, what, there's no reason why they, should, you know, wouldn't pay $100,000 for it. Mm-hmm. Like it's $100,000 to make $900,000. Right. It, there's no, it doesn't matter if, if the, the campaign that you have to create to make the $1 million only takes you, you know, five hours work. It's completely irrelevant. Yeah. Right, so I mean that's another thing that I've learned, you know, recently is this whole idea that the, the amount of work that goes into something, once you start playing at a bigger level, doesn't it's it's sort of irrelevant to the whole thing. The the real thing is the skill or the money, the value, is in knowing how to take any like something like this, like emails or like a sales letter, or a sales funnel, or a Facebook campaign, and apply it in a bigger context. Because there's a lot totally. of copywriters that could write Teespring campaigns, right? Like, mm-hmm. but like I say, so I, I could probably write a, I could probably write an ad and get people to a landing page. But I, right now, like I just don't have, I don't know what, I don't know the process. I don't, I probably don't have the persistence to sit down for 12 hours a day and do it, or well, the discipline. But so there's that aspect of like I might have the similar sort of knowledge, similar domain expertise, but I can't make, like right now, I, I can't go and do what you're doing because I don't, I don't have that knowledge right now. So there's the value in, in, uh, in business is often just knowing where to apply certain things, knowing how to apply a sales funnel or uh, emails or, uh, you know, Facebook ads. In, a, in an explosive context. Mm. Can, I share, uh, can I share one more lesson that I've learned? Go for it, man. Cool. So, so I, I learned, uh, so I actually learned from Tongue as well. And I got to about $400 a day within, say, about three, four weeks of getting started. And then I just held steady at, at $400 a day for two or three months. And it really didn't, I, I, I never really broke above the $500 a day mark. And then I was at, uh, at DCBKK, the conference that we were both at, and I, I talked to a guy and I said, yeah, I've got a system that's, you know, that's working. I think I'm going to hire someone when I get to Chiang Mai so that I can start scaling this. And he said, why would you hire just one person if you have, if you have a system that's working for you? you know, if, if you're going to scale this, then scale it. Why would you hire one person? So you know, that really got me thinking. So I landed. I hired two people right out the gate and then hired a third person a week or two after and it was basically within two weeks of hiring these three people that I broke through $1,000 a day and then the same week broke through $2,000 a day. Mm. So it was, it was just, I think there's a tendency for me, for me to want to be cautious with like, okay, I want to move forward, train one person, get everything ready and then take on the next person when really like, and I mean, this might not be a, might not be a factor of if I was staying in one place for a long time, but you know, realistically, I'm only going to be in one place for three, four months at a time. So if I only have three, four months to make as much money as I can, then I really do have to just like hire three people right away, scale it, and then uh, move on to the next phase of the business once I'm done here. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty badass, man. It's, it's kind of funny when people talk about scaling, like, you know, you want to find some software or, or set up the, uh, the tech side of it to scale properly. But then what, uh, <laughs> what you want to do is often like it comes back to things like just hire a couple of people. Yeah. Like high, like people scale a lot better than well. It depends if you Google, it's probably a little bit different. But hiring a couple people is one of the quickest ways to scale, at least initially. Totally, yeah. As soon as 
as soon as I'm doing th- something, I want to look for ways to not be doing that thing ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I mean that's the other side of business is, is you kind of I guess level up and move up the food chain. That seems to be what happens is you get better and better at doing doing a task once, and then giving it to someone else, never touch it again. Mm, yeah. Cool, man. All right, we're right on time. So, right, exactly right on thirty minutes. So, what do you? What's the best way if people want to get in touch with you? Uh, they want, maybe they want to ask you questions or just reach out and say a cool story. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, I guess my email, DerekPankow at gmail.com. That's D-E-R-E-K-P-A-N-K-A-E-W at gmail.com. Cool. Fantastic. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, some of the notes as well at themcmethod.com. Thank you for coming on the show, Derek. Cool. Sure thing, John. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.